What's the most amazing thing you could do with a pencil to start off this podcast? I could do some... I know, I've got a little magic trick with a pencil. It's a pencil. I can. This is a big hit with nine-year-olds, my daughters and her mates. Um, I can make this pen wobble. Even though it's rock hard pen, look. It's rock rock hard, isn't it? Yeah. Watch this. Wobbling wobbling a little bit at the right end, actually, in fairness. It looks like the pen's made of like rubber or something, doesn't it? Really good, yeah. That's just by sleight of hand. Yeah. Just by sleight of hand. Can you do anything with the pencil? I reckon I can stop it from falling onto the table in front of me by using my uh, nose and mouth. <laughs> I wonder where you're going with that for a second. I was like, not really. Wanna... <laughs> Are we doing this? <laughs> is this what we've come to? This is like, this is like us in like 15 years where we're, we're maybe performing at like a holiday club, doing cabaret. <laughs> People are leaving and going, oh, it says on the sheet so here that these guys are on the radio. <laughs> Every time Richie bends down and picks someone up, like the, the house bandit or brrr noise rips his trousers. I'd go see that. <laughs> Just to explain what he was doing, you were trying to catch the pencil between your nose and your mouth. This is, I'm really sorry. All I can tell you is a good show. Don't Please don't tune out now. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't, don't press pause or play or stop or whatever. There's a good show on the way. Do not let this bit in any way put you off. But the fact that you survived to this point, you may as well carry on and listen to the rest. Oh, what a mess. Here's the show. Absolute Radio. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Ritchie. With Tesco Mobile. Every little helps. This is the Hometime Show on Absolute Radio. A 42-song mixtape for the journey home. That's Liam Gallagher. It's ten past four. You've known me for a long, long time. I want your honest verdict on something. Okay, I wouldn't wear probably that with those trousers. Not what, <laughs> no, I, was okay, gonna, fine, not what I was going to ask, which is now awkward start. Sorry, sorry about that. Really awkward. Um, creaking floorboards, do you think that's within my skill set? Fixing them? Fixing... Well, I have, I have recent experience of this myself. See, here's the thing, right? They've always creaked. Yeah. But at the moment, the floorboards, as you go up the stairs and onto the landing, the top deck of the house, uh, it's waking the little lad... And it is, it is causing so much stress in my life. And I thought to myself, how hard can it be to just? <laughs> there's the there's the phrase. How hard, how hard can, can it, it be, be to just take up the carpet, roll it up, bang in the floorboards, put back down the carpet? It's interesting you should be talking about this because remember when we went to your house to burn the terrible signs yes. that our lovely listeners sent into us? Uh, as soon as I arrived, I needed to go for a wee and I asked you and your wife, Natalie, if I could borrow the upstairs toilet. Yeah. And you had a bit of a conversation about whether I could or not. <laughs> I was like, what's <laughs> going on it. here? It's been going on for a while, this, but it's, it's really... It's reaching. really creaky, though, it, isn't it? Re- I'll hold my hands up. It reached a point the other evening where I was getting back late and I went to the toilet in the back garden <laughs> to <laughs> avoid going upstairs on the creaky floorboards. Suddenly the pennies dropping is this why you now because I remember also uh, Natalie's posted photos of you just leaving your clothes on the kitchen floor when you've got in from a night out as well is that anything to do with the <laughs> it might creaky have a floors bit. it might, might be. have a little bit it might be so my, but my worry is that I could make an absolute mess of this so I think what I'm after from you lot this afternoon is really stories of when you started something but you couldn't finish it because it might be what it takes to frighten me off this task See, I tried to do the floorboard thing with the best will in the world. Uh, My girlfriend's dad had to get involved because there's quite a high chance of accidentally drilling through pipes. There's my fear. Which doesn't end well. There's my fear. And we had to get someone else in to do it. (laughs) So there's one thing I've already started and couldn't finish. 8, 12, 15, your stories of things you started 
but you couldn't finish. It could be what frightens me off from taking up the carpet and doing the floorboards myself. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. Absolute radio. He's right, though. This show's a party. It's a knees up on the way home. It's Hometime with Bush and Richie. After the stories of things that you started that you couldn't finish, it could be what I need to frighten me off trying to retighten my own floorboards to stop them squeaking. I'd have to take all the carpets up and everything in the house. Is it within my remit? Uh, there's a lot of fallout from you admitting that you've been weeing in your own back garden because your floorboards are so creaky you don't want to wake Rocco, your child, up. Yeah. Uh, Georgie says, you're weeing in the garden, the coyote will be back before you even know it. It's a good point. Well, it's a good, it's, although a lot of people were saying that was something that would keep the coyote away. Well, oh, yeah, we, they had that guy on, didn't uh, we? Yeah, exactly, yeah. We around the perimeter. That's what he said. Uh, this one here, Gary the Plumber says, little advice for Richie in brackets without a T. Thank you. Someone else we dealt with on the show. Uh, don't nail or screw them down until you've taken them up and looked underneath. But you have my number in case you, and this must be a technical term, bail a pipe. <laughs> Gary, that's, that's very caring of you. Thank you very much. It's also gone the other way. Lara in Chelmsford says, I slept badly. My husband works shifts. I woke up with him coming back. So he's redone the floorboards, no problem. So this has been done. Wow. I, mean, I, I tried it. It got to the point where I think I've got to get someone else in. But maybe there are people listening right. It doesn't have to be, this doesn't have to be floorboard related. Exactly. It could be any, if, if you've tried something, Maybe you've done a bit of DIY in the house and it's just completely spectacularly backfired and you've just had to admit defeat and get someone in. We want to hear from you. 8, 12, 15, give us a text or tweet us at Absolute Radio. Home time with Bush and Richie. With Tesco Mobile, putting you first with award-winning customer service. Tesco Mobile, every little helps. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, this text says, I gave plastering a try on my uh, bedroom ceiling a couple of years back. I watched a couple of YouTube clips and proceeded to give it a go. After four hours of sweating and swearing, it ended up looking like the Alps. <laughs> However, it did provide a real distraction when I brought my new girlfriend back for the first time. <laughs> it's a talking point. It's an icebreaker. Plastering is something, actually, that I've, I've looked at and kind of thought, I'll give that a go. Really? My dad, if my dad goes into any room, house, whatever, if he sees a good bit of plastering, he always puts his hand across it and goes, That's, look, look at that, a lovely bit of plastering. It looks beautiful. Beautiful bit of work, it that is. It does look beautiful. Uh, this text says, uh, get this, guys, I work for a farmer, and he gave me a pheasant, which I thought I could pluck. What a mess. I had to take it to my father-in-law to sort it out. Started, but couldn't finish the job. <laughs> Direct from the countryside <laughs> for you right there. Uh, now, Kieran is a carpenter, so it sounds like he could specifically assist this problem. He says, currently working on a school roof with Luke and Max, thanks for that. Cheers, mate. Uh, your squeaky floorboard issue sounds like you need some herringbone noggins under the floor. Right, I tell you what I'm not having here is people try and kid me with terminology that's going to make me sound like an idiot. No, I think he's right. You need a herringbone noggin and a couple of skyhooks. I will give you a herringbone <laughs> noggin, all right, and it won't be nice. Uh, right, uh, Akon uh, is uh, is hanging on uh, with a story of something that you've tried to... Akon, what is it that you've tried to fix? Right, uh, my, my colleague dropped her phone and uh, her screen cracked. It was fine. She, she was working, but I, I felt sorry for her, and I, I said, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna order a screen and fix it for you. Oh yeah. Mm. So the the kit arrives, and I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it without lo- doing any research, anything. <laughs> uh, Steaming <laughs> in. <laughs> I love your style. Um, I, I I I get on it, and then within five minutes, I crack the actual. <laughs> that shows everything on the screen and right uh, and I I said I think I think it's um, beyond repair now so 
Okay, what did, how did she respond to this, your colleague who you were hoping to she, save? She was, she was quite calm. She said, okay, uh, well, well, what are we going to do? And I said, hold on, I'm going to run to the shop and buy you a new phone. Oh, expensive. <laughs> Yeah, 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 it cost me quite a lot of money. You're a, you're a good man, though, Oaken. It, was, it all came from yeah. the right place, didn't it? Yeah, it did. <laughs> so how is the phone repair business going these days, then, Oaken? Going all right? <laughs> Absolute Radio. They asked for a podcast. We told them to do it themselves. And here it is, the Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. Freddie says, uh, Richie, do you think the £50,000 will be enough to fix the damage you'll create if you go ahead with this floorboards fiasco? <laughs> Could do. Richie might be in to win the money tomorrow. Who, see, uh, who knows? And this one here from Ginge says, I wonder if anyone has ever started one of the D'Agostini Build Your Own projects <laughs> and finished it 100 years later on. That's a, that's a very good shout. That's a very good point. If you have, let us know. Uh, Abigail's hanging on. What have you started that... Uh, that you haven't been able to finish? Well, I'm supposed to be at the end of something, but I'm very definitely still in the middle of it. Oh, explain. (laughs) Well, I'm opening a zero-waste shop in two days, um, and I'm kind of standing in the middle of the shop thinking, oh, gosh, I can't do this. (laughs) Why are you thinking you can't do it? How far behind are you, Abigail? Uh, Yeah, pretty far. There's still some paint that hasn't been done. There's some holes that haven't been filled. I'm putting up shelves. I'm cutting Billy bookcases in half. I'm using a mitre saw or a meter saw. I don't know what it's called. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, well, look, if it it all opens on time in two days, um, you're going to feel like you've got, like, loads of spare time. So come around and do some floorboards. Some floorboards with Richie. (laughs) I I definitely think you need that herringbone, but I think it's a herringbone thingamajig that you need. Hey, look, don't you start on the herringbone noggins, all right? I'm not having this. No way. Abigail, best of luck with the shop. Obviously, you know, starting a new business on your own is incredibly difficult and fair play to you for doing it. Give it a little sell. Tell everyone where it's going to be. We'll do some advertising for you. Oh, thanks. Um, So it's Hedrick's Zero Waste Shop. So a Zero Waste Shop is all food and homeware without any plastic packaging. Uh, So you bring your own jars, bottles, bags, and you fill the food straight into your own packaging. Um, yeah, and then just pay by weight. So we're cutting out all of people's plastic. Great idea. Well Brilliant done. Idea. Well done. Good luck Thank with you. it. Thank you. Absolute Radio. If you insist on listening to them in your own time, then we can't really stop you. Okay, let's get on with it then. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. Had an interesting evening last night. I live in a, a sleepy little town in uh, Hertfordshire called Ware. Not much normally goes on, but uh, I got invited last night to the opening night of uh, a brand new wine bar. Check you out. Yeah, I'm going to a, a wine bar. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. What do you, what do you say like that? I just, I don't think I've ever been to a wine bar. I haven't been to many, and I liked it. When you were holding the wine glass, did you extend your pinky finger? No, I didn't. Okay, I just want to double check. I think that's more a cup of tea thing, isn't it? No, sometimes with wine, I'm doing it now, like you can extend the finger. I'll have to go back and try it I imagine you were stood there doing that. Yeah, so good luck to them. There's a little little place called Enoteca Wine Bar. And when I was there, you like, because it was like opening night, you were given like a a tour around. Yeah. All very fancy. And then I saw security for the wine cellar. Oh, what, the actual kind of cavernous wine cellar where they keep the all their stuff? The actual cavernous wine cellar. You know, you're used to security stuff, that's fine, I've got no problem with that whatsoever. But I'd never seen, like, someone posted just for the wine cellar. It, it just, it, it made my mind blow, really. I was thinking, wow, these must be really quite fine wines down there if there's actually got to be security for, like, 
The wine cellar? Well, the, people can spend a lot of money on wine as well. You know, like posh people, like a couple of hundred quid on a bottle, yeah, which is no. crazy. And then suddenly you've got a whole cluster of them down there. That needs guarding, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. There's a couple of people down there. Do they have the old little uh, yellow yeah. armband thing yeah, with the name tag on? armband on there, yeah. Wow. I'm a wine guard. Bit of guarding wine. Did make me wonder. Did make me wonder. And this could be a... Ve- I know you and I specialise in a niche question to our audience. Always up for a niche phone-in topic. What have you guarded? <laughs> what have you guarded? But, no, hear, hear me out. Point, if point. this was a movie, here's the strapline for it. Behind every guard is a story. That is amazing, yes. Thank you. There's the poster right there. So, and you don't have to be like a bouncer. You maybe in your job. I actually want to trademark that as an idea for a movie. (laughs) Behind every guard is a story. Story. So, what have you guarded? 8.12.15 to text us or tweet us at Absolute Radio. Absolute Radio. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. This is one of my favourite ever ends of a song. Cast a spell. <laughs> it's really good. Home time on a Thursday night is 16 minutes past five. Have you had to guard anything of note ever? I, wa- I want to hear of the, the interesting things that you've had to guard. This is after I went to uh, the opening of a wine bar last night and saw security for the wine cellar. Wow, actual oh, yeah. security guards on a wine cellar. Exactly. The only thing I've ever guarded in my entire life in all my jobs I've done was as a waiter in a uh, an Elizabethan-themed uh, tea room in Brixham. Wow. Uh, a very prestigious, very prestigious job. Uh, I had to guard our loos because people used to come in and use them without being a customer. Oh, really? So I, had to in- I was like, uh, do you remember the Patriot missile in the Iraq war? I used to <laughs> intercept them and say, sorry, are you a customer? No, sling your hook. Were they Elizabethan toilets as well? It would have been good if they were. Wow. Old school. It's <laughs> the hole in the ground. Uh, Will says, I was on the front row for a Darren Brown show once and he started the show asking me to look after an envelope and not letting it out of my sight for the whole show. The story ends there. He oh, gives us no more details. What? I'd love to know what happened to the envelope. Darren's a friend of the show. He said we should call him up. Find out what happened. I remember. Vandel says my neighbour's garden plants while she was on holiday. What, can you have plants that are that expensive or luxurious? Do you have to garden? I guess so. I could ask someone to look after my lawn. Not after what you did to it with those shoes. Andrew says... I had to Strap-on aerators. No more talk of strap-ons on this show, please, if we can. Uh, Andrew says, I had to clear the crowd for Prince Edward once. He thanked wow. each of us for doing so. Amazing. Uh, Sue, Go- Sue Golden says, my puppies. Uh, ten-, <laughs> ten of them had to make sure they weren't puppy naps, because, of course, you know... Uh, People uh, nick dogs. Pedigree puppies. Pricey business. Radio. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. It's what happens when you take out all the music, travel, news, regular news and adverts from the show. Unfortunately, it still contains the two of them talking. You may or may not have guarded, well, generally, please, may have guarded, because <laughs> otherwise it'd be pointless. Don't just phone in with stuff you might like to guard. <laughs> That's a totally different phone-in. What would you oh. like to guard? <laughs> This ain't going to happen next week, you know. They'll pull it from us. They'll pull it from us. Stay strong. It's going to be fine. <laughs> Text us 8.12.15 or you can uh, tweet us at Absolute Radio. This is after I saw a wine cellar being guarded last night. Think of the wine down there. It must be some very expensive wine. Uh, we've got a very interesting caller on the line. Well, he says his name's Paul, but we're not 100% sure what he's doing. May or may not be. May or may not be. Paul, tell everyone what you have guarded. I work for the um, jewellers, a diamond company in Bond Street, and uh, do security. And I, um, yeah, it's a... I, 
transported diamonds around the world for about three years. That was one of the uh, one of the biggest uh, biggest transportations I did for them. Well, so is it diamonds as in in a kind of a velvet a red velvet bag that you would keep in your pocket with a chain on them, or are we talking a big box of diamonds? No. How many diamonds? We're talking. I used to have hand luggage. Obviously, I can only say so much. Even though I work of course, of course. To, I mean, so, I mean, I used to travel on sort of business class flights between countries, and they'd be in hand luggage basically. Oh my! And insured, and yeah, we'd have to store them in the uh, compartment above us. You weren't allowed to drink, or if there was two of us, couldn't eat the same meals in case we got poisoned. So, Paul, I've got got a couple of questions. So, first off, when you walk onto the plane and you're greeted onto the plane, would the staff on the plane have any idea that you were carrying a large amount of diamonds? None whatsoever. The only people that would possibly have an idea is when you go through uh, sort of, you know, the stop and search procedure with the x-ray machine because when you put the bag through the x-ray machine, uh, diamonds can't be penetrated by the x-rays. So it was flag up that there's a material that they can't see through. So sometimes you get stopped and they'd say, can we search the bag? And you say, well, wow. do you mind if we go to a private room because I don't really want everyone seeing what's in the bag. And the next and, question, uh, and you might not be able to share sure. the answer. You might not be able to share sure. the answer with us all, but... What what was the biggest amount of diamonds that you've taken somewhere? Oh, we had over a billion. We went to an exhibition in Baselworld, Switzerland, and the company I worked for, we went on their own private jet, and we had over just over a billion pounds worth of diamonds that were going to the exhibition to see for, for people to buy and for sort of trade to buy from the company I worked for to sell on wow. their behalf kind of thing at their, at their franchise stores around the world. Do you know what, Paul? I, I have lost so many coats, bags and jumpers on the C2C to Essex. I would be terrible at this job. <laughs> Trust me, it was. I sometimes, I mean, I went Monaco, Dubai, Hong Kong, and you did feel pretty, I mean, I went to Monaco once, we flew into Nice, we landed in Nice, me and the guy I was working with, we got picked up on the, uh, at the airport, flown straight in a helicopter from Nice into Monaco, landed in Monaco on a helipad, and we was met by armed guards and whizzed away in two sort of chauffeur-driven big Mercedes, and they had all the guns and the sunglasses on and you did feel like you were James Bond going into the hotel into the the Monte Carlo final question are you still in the diamond business now or are you doing something completely different I still work in security but I've sort of moved within there now I'm an ex-police officer so I get quite a a bit of a variant of what I can and can't do kind of thing and I enjoy it so you guarded uh, anything recently though Paul give us a little clue just people now. I'm just looking after people. Well, sort of people I can't, celebrity type people. I well, Richie and I do get bothered quite a bit when we step out of this building <laughs> at the end of the show at seven o'clock. <laughs> well, guys, you've got my number, so if you need me, you just call me. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Super. Paul. The Home Time Podcast with Bush and Richie. If you're listening, it's probably not home time anymore, but we can't be bothered to think of a new name. Absolute radio. Do you know what? You've got to do us a favour, right? Because this is bothering me. Next time you go in there to this place, ask them what is the most expensive wine right, they've got I in there. Right, say to them, I want to order your most expensive wine. <laughs> It'll backfire because they'll have opened it. <laughs> 300 quid. But it'd be intriguing to see what's down there. And I'll charge a bush. <laughs> <laughs> I'll come in and write a cheque. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we've got some great stuff coming in that people have guarded. Listen to this. I guarded the family treasures of Bram Stoker, including his own written in copy of Dracula, as I drove it from his his grandson in Oxford to give it to his great nephew Andromeda. Wow. 
pick that one out. <laughs> okay. Uh, wow. Jack says, I once caught a guitar pick thrown by none other than Dave Grohl at Wembley. I had to guard that with me life. You know, when you see people catch like balls and stuff like that in sports things or get stuff off band members, you always wonder what the rest of the uh, the gig or the, the thing's like for them. I'd leave immediately. I would. I'd just go. Yeah. Go and sit on it somewhere so no one can get it. Uh, Robin Cardiff says, a few years ago, I went for an interview as a bouncer for a Samsung phone shop. I could have been... A guardian of the galaxy. Oh, my <laughs> word. Oh, it's a Thursday. Fair play to him. And we've just got time for this as well. Hi, I guard the shop at Fat Club. Love, Emma. Uh, she's then clarified it's Slimming World. And she says it's the shop that sells cereal bars and whatnot. Well, I never. She guards has to hold them back. There you go. Thank you for your comments on that. They asked for a podcast. We told them to do it themselves. And here it is, the Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. Is it too late to ask an egg-based question? I feel like it's time to ask it. Uh, yesterday morning, I had my usual boiled egg breakfast, which is uh, three boiled eggs in three individual little uh, egg cups with toast. and Three egg eggs? Egg. Three eggs. So I took a little photo of it, put it on Twitter because I was very proud of it because I did all three eggs bang on. Normally, you muck one up. And I've had so much stick, and still getting stick, about how many eggs I had for breakfast. Uh, and the weird thing is, everyone's got such a different viewpoint on it, it's almost to the point where there's no clear direction, maybe even on a governmental level, about what is the correct number of eggs to have if you're having boiled eggs. Can I ask you a question in return? Go on. When you think of an egg cup, yep. how many do you see in a picture? If it's a single egg cup, it's obviously one egg. Well, that's my point. Single egg cup. You don't get such thing as a dual egg cup. How many eggs do you have if you have a boiled egg breakfast? If I had a boiled egg, I'd have one egg. One egg? One egg, yeah. Which is weird. I mean this in the best way in the world. You you, you are like me in that you have quite a good portion size when you eat food. Yes. Why are you only having one boiled egg? Because, to me, one egg constitutes one slice of, go- uh, one slice of toast to go with it for right. the soldiers. If you're then having three eggs, you're then talking three slices of toast for soldiers. That, my friend, is Henry the Eighth. <laughs> Henry the Eighth, like quail's eggs type three, stuff. Three boiled eggs is absurd. I, know, but I, I had two slices of bread with it and, it and toast, and it was absolutely lovely. It was spot on with a cup of tea as well. Now here's the strange thing: I don't want to muddy the waters. Go if on. I'm doing an omelette or I'm doing scrambled egg, three eggs. See, I, I have three eggs in, in omelettes and scrambled eggs as well. But you'll eat scrambled egg with three eggs in it then. Yes. Obviously, is that sorry? The penny has just dropped. Yeah. So that is at best inconsistent for me, Richie. <laughs> I had people tweeting me the other night, right, about this, saying that they have five eggs in an omelette. That is absurd. That's just madness, isn't it? Yeah. I feel like tonight, maybe before seven o'clock, if we can, together as a group, we need some form of guidance. This is big. This is big. Uh, this is going to go right to the top of government. This is the biggest egg-based thing since Edwina Curry started going on about. They've got a lot going on right now. Oh, no, they've got time for eggs. <laughs> 8, 12, 15, your views, please. Absolute Radio. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Ritchie. Blue Oyster Cult on Hometime. Don't fear the Reaper. It's Bush and Ritchie. Thursday evening on Absolute Radio. It's the Hometime Show. The premiere show, the go-to show if you want to be talking about eggs in Britain for 2019. So after I had three boiled eggs as just a normal standard Andy Bush breakfast and got a load of stick about it on Twitter, we're asking you, what is the right amount of eggs? We need guidance here. Jack in Gloucester says, I used to have six fried eggs on their own for breakfast. 
that's mad, but I kind of admire him. Six fried eggs every day for breakfast. Jack, you're doing well still to be able to text us. How, how amazing that would look, by the way, if that, they were all kind of cracked and put into one <laughs> frying pan. I know. It's like a turbo egg. It's a big pan. Actually, that would give you that thing that the new iPhone is giving people the EBGBs about, yes. wouldn't it? Yes. Oh, there was... What's the name for it? I can't remember it. Fear of too many olds. That's it, yeah. Uh, Beer Gut Blue says, boiled egg debate. Uh, he's got a hard and fast rule. One egg if you're under five, two eggs if you're over five, three eggs is madness. <laughs> uh, Bush and Ritchie Craig says, I've got 14 chickens, so plenty of wonderful fresh eggs each day. I start each and every day with three to four boiled eggs with soldiers and in a Spanish omelette. That will mean I'll always have six to nine eggs, no other way, wow. during the day. I believe it would be remiss of us not to read this out from Claire and Kent. Don't give her exposure, Richie. The only reason I'm going to read this one out... Don't give her exposure. <laughs> ...is to stop others coming in, all right? Because if we don't, we're going to get more of these. OK, so this is going to make example of her. Claire says, I believe in France they only ever have one egg because one egg is an earth. Right, we've done it. There was a fellow on earlier on about being Guardians of the Galaxy. Do not derail our show. They asked for a podcast. We told them to do it themselves. And here it is, the Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. The question is, how many eggs is it all right to have in the evenings or in the mornings for breakfast? I had three boiled eggs for breakfast yesterday. Still getting sick about it. Now, Russell has texted. He's calling himself the chivalrous chauffeur. All right, check you out, <laughs> mate. He's going in with a number you might not be expecting. He says, I thought everybody had six eggs for breakfast. I have six in the morning and three at night. It's no, bi- <laughs> it's no big deal if your body is efficient at processing cholesterol. It's only a problem if you've been diagnosed with high cholesterol levels, says Russell brackets, former nutritionist. Former. So he's made that well-trodden leap from <laughs> the nutritionism world to chauffeuring. I feel like he may have had his licence revoked with his outrageous and controversial view on egg consumption. Six yeah. eggs. Tell me that's an omelette. It's he's huge. not having them boiled, that's is he? That's a pizza. That is a pizza and it's too mm. much going on there. It's crazy. Uh, is egg bound a thing? A, a scientific thing? Because I, if, if if you were a nana listening to that, you'd say, Russell's going to end up egg-bound. No one wants to be that. No one wants to be that. Uh, other comments coming in. Darren says, having an omelette tonight, as it's uh, as it happens. Three is the rule in our house. Stu says, I started on the Cato diet, and one breakfast suggestion was eight boiled eggs. That's an actual diet that you can do. Neil says, I'm so allergic to eggs that until I was 20, I couldn't even be in the same room as an egg without my face swelling up. I still can't eat anything that has even touched egg. I feel like I should be wearing a hazmat suit just listening to this conversation. Poor Neil. I know. Because egg's in everything as well, isn't it? Sausage and egg McMuffin. Exactly. He's, <laughs> can't have that. You can see his face going up right now even thinking about it. Absolute Radio. They asked for a podcast. We told them to do it themselves. And here it is, the Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. I thought that the growth that has appeared on my upper lip would have helped with the purchase with the pencil. What a what a grim mental image that is. <laughs> Let's play the closing music. Deary me, if you're having a tea, I apologise. Thank you for listening. The podcast is done. We hope you found it a lot of fun. Of course it won't be for everyone So they can stick it up their bum Thank you for listening, the podcast is done We hope you found it a lot of fun Of course it won't be for everyone So stick it up your bum